And I choir was singing, and I'm telling you, it's so good. I said, oh, Pastor, I'm up next. He said, yep, you up. <laughs> I said, already? I said, oh, my, amen. But I thank God because I love to preach the gospel. And I have a saying I would always say, and a lot of my colleagues they look at me like I was crazy, and, and, I, and I mean this. If I couldn't preach, it's time me to go to heaven. That's just how I feel about it. Amen. Ain't nothing more important than proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And lifting up the eighth verse that was read in your hearing. From Acts chapter 1. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can you say amen? Amen. Pray with me, church. Holy, gracious, and eternal God, our Father. Lord, you who are, who was, who is, and who is to come. God, I thank you for this glorious and grand opportunity to stand once again behind the sacred desk to proclaim a word for the Lord. Realizing, oh God, that without you I am nothing. God, without you, I can do nothing. So, Lord, I pray tonight for that anointing. Lord, that not that anointing that makes preaching easy, but that anointing, oh God, that will allow me to preach a sermon. Lord, not a good sermon, but a sermon that will do all of us some good. Lord, if there is somebody here tonight, that does not know you, God, you touch them and draw them by your divine finger of love. God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. And the people of God said, Amen. And I want to share with you for just a few minutes from tonight from this thought, empowered by new wine to do the work of ministry. Empowered by new wine to do the work of ministry. Even our sermon text this evening, we find the biblical account recorded for us by Dr. Luke of Jesus' last earthly gathering with his disciples. After the resurrection, Jesus spent about 40 days in and out with his disciples. But in our text this evening, he meets with them for the last time on the hillsides of Bethany. His mission is complete in the context of that which he came to give his life a ransom for humanity. And now as Jesus was preparing to take his galactic flight back to glory, he gave some final instructions to a confused bunch of uncertain followers 
who would later electrify the world once they had been empowered by new wine. And good hope, I'm not talking about that kind that you get at the ABC store. I'm not talking about that stuff you get from the grocery store. Some of that cheap stuff, they say, they say, that if you drink too much of it, it will make you act like you ain't got good sense. And they tell me that even the good stuff can cause you to act beside yourself. Pastor Pickett, I wouldn't know nothing about it, but I'm just telling you what I've been told. Good God from Zion. But I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. You see, church, for as long as Jesus was with his disciples, they relied and depended on him. When they lost faith, Jesus was there. When they lost hope, Jesus was there. When they didn't understand how they were going to make it, Jesus was right there. And even when they all abandoned him after his arrest, he was still right there. But now he was about to leave them, and Jesus knew that in order for them to fulfill the mission, in order for them, in order for us to fulfill the mission, we are going to need some new wine. Jesus knew then and now and until time shall be no more. In order to do his work, we're going to need some Holy Ghost power. So as the leader of the Holy Spirit, I want to share three things with you this evening that the Spirit want us to get weight deep down in our spirit, man, so that we might continue on this journey being empowered by new wine that is the Holy Ghost to do the work of ministry. Revisiting the fourth verse of the sermon text, we read in part, and being assembled together with them, Jesus commanded that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father. One may wonder what's behind Jesus' command here. The disciples perhaps pondered in their hearts, why stay in Jerusalem? Even though Jesus told them to stay there, no doubt, they were a bit skeptical, but Jesus was about to send these boys on a seemingly impossible journey. So the first thing we need to know and understand, good hope, is what is the mission? What is it that we are called to do? The mission comes out of the great commission Jesus gave to his disciples and to all believers. Go, says Matthew 28, 19a. Go ye therefore. You see, church, go is a verb. It is an action word. In Jesus' day, folk had to walk everywhere they went or rode donkeys and mules, but for the most part, they traveled by foot. They walked over mountains and hills and valleys, and one had to be in good physical condition to do that kind of walking. 
good hope before I got here on Sunday. And when I got here, if Pastor Pickett had said to me, uh, Pastor Meekins, we got to go on a mission in the morning and we're going to have to walk a couple of miles, he would have been out of luck and I would have said, you got to go by yourself. But, but, but since I've been here for four days and he took me walking, I feel like I could walk 10 miles if it was necessary. Thank you, Pastor Pickett. And y'all pray that I can keep it up when I get back home. But you see, that kind of walking in that day tired folk out. Not only that church, but the roads were not paved and smooth like they are today. Y'all stay with me because I'm going somewhere. Not only that, but folk, for the most part, wore sandals which caused their feet to get hot and sticky and sweaty and smelly and tired. But the point here that Jesus wanted his disciples to know and understand about the mission was, boys, you've been traveling with me for three years, preaching in and around the provinces of Judea and Galilee. But now you are to go beyond these boundaries. You are to go to the ends of the earth. 300 years before Jesus Alexander the Great conquered Greece, Egypt, Persia, and most of the civilized world. Standing on the shores of India, he declared, are there no more worlds for me to conquer? 300 years after Alexander the Great, Jesus commissioned his disciples to go to the ends of the earth. The challenge that Jesus issued to his disciples 2,000 years ago, church, is still valid for us to go and fulfill the mission, which is to travel north, south, east, and west. The mission begins at home and spreads abroad on our jobs, in the schools and colleges, in our social circles. Yes, I know we live in a day and age where you can't just walk up to folk and start talking about Jesus on the job because you could lose your job. But surely you can let your light shine that if somebody were to ever ask you, the door is open. The mission is to carry us into our neighborhoods, on the street corners, the highways and byways of life. Yes, church, wherever there are dying men, women, boys, and girls on their way to eternal damnation, the mission is to go. Secondly, we have to answer the question, what is the message? Jesus answers that question for us emphatically when he told Nicodemus, who was a ruler of the Jews and, and an educated man, a trained man, who became so intrigued with Jesus' teaching in the temple, slipped by to see him in the midnight hour. You see, church, Jesus was not considered to be a learned man, good God from Zion. But Jesus said, Nicodemus, I don't care how much training you got, you got to be born again. Yes, church, even before we thought about God, even before we thought about Jesus, even before we thought about life and death and heaven and hell, before we were thought in our parents' mind, God thought about us. 
Yes, we live in an age and time where it is considered by some so-called religious folk to be anti-religious for not embracing all men in all religions. Let me tell you something, Good Hope. The message is the same yesterday, today, tomorrow, and forever. Jesus said it. I didn't say it. Jesus said, you must be born again. Marvel not that I say unto you. In other words, don't take it lightly. No, I say to you, you must be born again. And if you try to come any other way, you're a thief and a robber. Years ago at my first duty station at Lauren Air Force Base in Maine, a Muslim brother said to me, he said, you're an educated man, but you must be an ignorant man if you think that the only way to heaven is by Jesus. I said, brother, then I'm an ignorant man because there's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how good one thinks he or she is, how kind and loving, how helpful or hopeful. It doesn't matter how much money you got or how little you got. It doesn't matter where you shop, what kind of car you drive, or house you live in. You can be with the in crowd, hanging out with the muckety-mucks, or on the outskirts of life. Your name can be on the church roll. You can be Baptist, Methodist, Lutheran, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, or holiness. You can be an atheist or an agnostic. You can be nothing. You can be a Republican, Democrat, or Independent. You can be black, white, red, brown, yellow, green. But until, until you allow Jesus to come in your heart and accept him as your personal Lord and Savior, you are lost and hell-bound. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thanks be to God, good hope. The message still is and will always be that God commended his love toward us that in while we were yet sinners, Christ Jesus died for us. The message still is and will be till time shall be no more. You must be born again. The message was good God Almighty and still is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Good God Almighty. Now the last question we have to answer church and then I'll be through. What is the motive? Why ought we embrace the mission and the message? Make no mistake about it church. Pastor, preacher, teacher, choir member, usher, Sunday school worker, kitchen helper, cook, dishwasher, flow sweeper, doctor, lawyer, truck driver, student, every man, woman, boy, and girl who's been washed in the blood of the Lamb has been called to go and tell the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We ought to embrace the mission and the message driven by the motive, which is none other than love. It was the love of God for humanity manifested in his son, Jesus, who died on the cross for your sins and my sin and the sin of the whole wide world. 
We need to know and understand the kind of love we are talking about. Because you see, church, in this day and age, the term love is used so carelessly to get what we want. But you see, the kind of love that motivates us to carry out the mission and the message is not a conditional kind of love, such as the nature of humankind. Folk will say, if you do this for me because you love me, then I'll do that. But thanks be to God, the kind of love he has, it's an unconditional love. I want you to know tonight, church, that the love that ought to motivate us to do the mission and convey the message is an unconditional love. It's that kind of love that sometimes goes unthankful and unappreciated. It's that kind of love that if you are not careful, folk will mistake it as weakness for meekness because we want to see humankind saved and sanctified and Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized and in the arms of Jesus. We must embrace the mission, the message, and the motive. And now that we know the mission, now which is to go, and now that we know the message, which is that God loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son, now that we know that the motive is empowered by new wine to go forth and do the work of ministry, somebody might be wondering, what about being empowered by new wine? Well, I'm glad somebody asked the question. Stay with me just a few more minutes. You see, the disciples were an all right bunch of fellas. After all, one gave up a lucrative tax business. Two sets of brothers gave up a partnership in a profitable seafood business. Another was a political fanatic. They all meant well except one when they promised to even die with him. Jesus knew that the brothers meant well, but they had had him for three years. And after the resurrection, he knew they would need, they had an awesome challenge. So here we are, church, back where we started, on the hillsides of Bethany, just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. I've been blessed to go to Jerusalem. It is an awesome sight. And standing there, I could somehow imagine Jesus having his final talk with the boys. Jesus saying, fellas, we've been through some tough times. And by the grace of God, my work is done. I'm getting ready to take a morning flight on the enterprise to eternity. But there is still much work to be done and souls to be saved. I won't be with you like I've been for the past three years. You've got to go on on your own. But I'm going to dispatch the third person of the Trinity. He'll be with you and he'll dwell in you. It'll be power to be my witnesses. His name is Holy Ghost. As I take my seat, let me share this story with you about the empowerment of the Holy Ghost. 
Dwight L. Moody, an American evangelist and revivalist, was called to England to do a revival. A young pastor began to protest. Why do we need this Mr. Moody? He's uneducated. He's inexperienced. He's ignorant and unqualified. Who does Moody think he is? Does he have a monopoly on the Holy Ghost? One old wise pastor said no, but the Holy Ghost got a monopoly on Moody. When the Holy Ghost get down in your soul, when it becomes a monopoly in your life, it'll allow you to walk right and to talk right. When the Holy Ghost empower your life, you can go forth and be a witness for Jesus. Right here in Bartow and Lycan, the word says that you shall be my witnesses in Samaria. Good Hope, yo, Samaria is Bartow or Lakeland or wherever you might live. Yo, Judea is the state of Florida. Yo, Samaria is the nation and all of the earth. For Jesus came and he sent the Holy Ghost. I'm so glad if you want to be a witness for the Lord. Let the Holy Ghost pick you up, turn you around. Set your soul on fire. Somebody said, what is this uh, that makes me uh, shout hallelujah? It's like fire. Shut up in my bones. It'll make you run. It'll make you jump. It'll make you shout. Thanks be to God for the power. This new wine, it ain't hallelujah. It's not that stuff that they call Jack Daniels. It's not that stuff that they call Johnny Ray. But it's the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, that'll give you power. Thanks be to God for the Holy Ghost. New wine that will empower you to do the work of ministry. Hallelujah. We know the mission. It is to go we know the message. Christ Jesus died that we might live. We know the motive. It is the love of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. And the people of God said, Amen.